The dawn of civilization. Primitive. Dangerous. Exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs... The most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, this is James from Cave Dweller Music. I'm here with my co-host Brendan. I'm joined today by Brandon Legion. Uh, he is the host of the highly successful podcast series Horror Wolf 666. If you know horror, you probably know Brandon. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you taking the time. I uh, appreciate being on the show and uh, thank you all for having me on. It's awesome. Um, do you want to just tell people a little bit about yourself, about what you do in case they're not familiar with, with your show, with your work? Yeah, no problem. Um, yes, I run the Horror Wolf 666 podcast, which is uh, streaming on all the podcast platforms. It's an audio-only podcast, no video. Maybe down sometime in the future, I do video. But um, I also run the uh, HorrorWolf666.com uh, page, which is a bunch of reviews. Uh, I don't really upkeep with that anymore. Like, I don't really write reviews like I used to. So, But there's still a ton of like good shit on there to check out. And um, I'm also in a synth project is like really dark synth ambient stuff kind of inspired by the film mandy called a braxis horn so i'm also doing that right now so it keeps awesome. me busy you know i uh, i love mandy dude mandy's like my favorite film and it's kind of ruined every other film for me you know <laughs> like nothing compares to mandy like mandy just fucking blew me away you know what panos cosmatos created there and like Mm -hmm. I don't know. Nothing else stands against Mandy right now. Like it's uh, high art. Um, I every horror fan I know who's like genuinely invested in the genre loves Mandy. I've never heard anyone say anything bad about it. It's a uh, good judge of character as well. You know, if you like Mandy, like, so. all right, you're probably a pretty cool person. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other one. I mean, I don't know how you feel about this. But, uh, I'm going to find out right now. But uh, I absolutely love uh, Midsummer. Um, I do like Midsummer. Midsummer gets a lot of hate, but I yeah. thought it was pretty good. I mean, especially the uh, scene where the dude jumps off the cliff there, and <laughs> that was great. You know, yeah, I, I liked it. You know, a bit long. I'm not a big fan of these super long movies. That seems to be mm -hmm. a trend nowadays. But uh, I did enjoy Midsummer. It won't make I, any of my like top end list of whatever year that came out, but it's still an enjoyable film. See, I don't think people have to love it, but I think when people say it's boring or stupid, it, it kind of shows a little bit about them because they clearly didn't pick up on what the movie was about. Like it, it was, it was about grief. That, that's right. the whole point of the movie. Um, and it, it, it's explored it in a weird like folk horror way, which is cool because I don't think there's enough folk horror movies. I, I wish there were more folk horrors. Yeah, uh, for a minute there, like uh, when Midsummer came out, I thought there was going to be a bit more of a trend with the folk horror stuff, and there has been some some ones here and there since then but mm. yeah I, I definitely agree there should be more uh folk horror because that's a cool genre to mess around with indonesia does it really well oh they do uh what's the last one i watched uh, that was indonesian kind of folk horror uh shit i, I guess maybe uh was it was uh the whaling indonesian i can't remember that was I, korean? Um, that was korean south korean korean yeah that was very good though that was an awesome movie yeah, uh, there's one on uh, Netflix right now. What is it called? I think it's an Indonesian kind of folk horror movie, sort of. I just can't remember the fucking name right now. It's kind of blanking. But yeah, I do agree with you that Indonesia does do some cool folk horror stuff. Uh, Satan's Slaves. That's one I saw, I remember, from... Oh, and Impedagor. Those are both good yes. uh, Indonesian go. ones. Yeah. yeah Impedagor. Yeah, both of those were on Shutter for a time. And uh, yeah, both yes. of them are super killer. 
even uh, Satan Slaves 2, which was the most recent one on Shutter, that one was really, really good as well. I actually haven't seen the second one. I hope it's still up there since I mentioned it because <laughs> they change out <laughs> so fast. You know, I hope it's still there. They do. But I uh, I absolutely love Shutter. It's like the best couple of bucks you can spend a month for a subscription, in my opinion. Oh, totally. And it's only like, I think it went up in price to $6 a month. I'm like, oh, big deal. <laughs> like, it's so worth it. Like, Shutter is yeah. like the best. And, you know, having everything curated like it is, you know, you're not going to get a bunch of like, you know, really shitty horror movies, you know. And, right. <laughs> and fuck, $6 a month just for having a, the last drive in with Joe Bob right there. That's shit. That's $6 well spent. <laughs> right. you're right though they do like to curate it really well there's always a wide range of different stuff and also from different decades too which is kind of cool so it's not just like new stuff they've got like right back to the 60s and 70s like super obscure stuff too which is really cool yeah and right as as we speak right now uh they're featuring mandy once again on there so i guess Mandy was off the shutter for a second now it's back on so mandy's back up there i'm gonna have to watch it again while it's on there it's been a minute the so I, wa- I watched that, and then I saw uh, his following one, the, the one that's like based on uh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, Nick Gives- Cage. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that on VHS, actually. Willie's Wonderland. That's it. Um, <laughs> yeah. There's it a company. I f- there's a company I follow uh, called uh, Witter Entertainment, broke horror fan, and they do these like special runs of VHS editions uh, of like all these new movies, and they did oh. like a big box edition of Willie's Wonderland. Fucking great movie, and I. I think that was like, you know, a lot of people ain't seen that one and they should definitely check that out. Definitely. And then the, he did the other one. Um, it wasn't really a horror though, but it was, I don't know what you call it, a drama thriller, uh, Pig. Did you see that? Oh, hell yeah. I love Pig. That made my, I think it made my number one of that year. It was like three years ago now it came out. Oh, really? <laughs> but I kind of considered that one. It did have like an horror element to it. Like, true. Not really the subject matter, just the atmosphere of it. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of yeah. like, are adjacent so i kind of threw that in my list any fucking ways for like top 10 favorite horror like all right this ain't technically hard but it kind of is sort of so but yeah i love that movie i thought it was kind of cool how it actually like set in the portland underground because you don't see much set in that setting no that was like one of the first films i've ever seen kind of in that setting like that and it's cool yeah. too because i i dig all like the uh uh cooking shows and stuff and like mm-hmm. You know, just the life of a chef I find interesting and stuff. And, you know, like, you can turn you into, like, a madman. And stuff. <laughs> so that was cool combining those two worlds, you know. It was a great concept. Brendan actually was a chef uh, for years. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, it was. <laughs> <laughs> I had its moments for sure. Definitely a good time in my life. And then, uh, yeah, that lifestyle got all mauled up by COVID, so... Yeah, it all changed. But yeah, I just got sure. d- done watching the, the series The Bear. And, oh, um, so good! Yeah, that <laughs> makes me yeah. feel so much more for like chefs and everything and cooks in general. I'm like, fuck, it's so intense, man. You know? Yeah, they do a really good job of um, portraying like the um, anxiety and like the stress that comes through, and it's like. And it's all done so quick, too, you know what I mean? Like, if you actually spend a day in the kitchen, like a nice busy one, you know, um, it, it can be, like, super chaotic and crazy and controlled, or it could be, like, a shit show, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I know, like, one of the last episodes, I think, I don't know if it just, like, recently came back out again or not, but when they just, uh episode that pops in my head is, like, when they um, 
got the app running. Oh yeah. And all of a sudden the tickets just started coming in and they just they couldn't even like keep up, you know what I mean? Like that happens at my restaurant. Uh, uh, I so I'm, um, I work for a brewery and there's a cafe attached to it, a restaurant there, and um, the uh, they they get so busy that they like they have to shut the app off because they can't keep up and like all this stuff and like it's just it this they get so overwhelmed that like they literally just they just can't keep up like it's just insane like sometimes it takes like an hour to them to like get something out because like. You know, all that and they're like short staff there's probably like one or two people working back there sometimes you know so it's like hey it's saturday night and there's a band playing and like they're just getting crushed you know so that's it it's pretty real man yeah yeah i've had friends that are in that industry um my wife was in that industry for a little bit and she would uh tell me horror stories <laughs> like just an intensity of what goes on and stuff I'm like yeah that's a yeah. lot <laughs> it makes me stress all just hearing about it yeah it's like constant over communication all the time you know only time I feel that kind of stress is uh, I, I'm a uh, landscaper on a private island. And um, okay. whenever we get like hurricanes, tropical storms, that's when like the, the pressure is on because these people want their shit cleaned up really, really fucking fast. And I have yep. a limited amount of people under me and stuff that, you know, can do this. So that's when the real stress comes in, <laughs> like the overtime, working weekends or whatever, especially if it's a big hurricane. It is total chaos trying to get shit done, you know? Yeah. I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, because like, you know, they're like they're out there. It's an island. A friend of mine lives um in North Carolina on Oak Island, so he's kind of like it's all kind of private, this and that. And but like he's like he says kind of the same thing. You know, he's like people come by and like they just like shit gets destroyed, man, and they want it done. Yeah, I mean we're out there fucking four chainsaws at one time trying to hit one tree just to make it passable on the road. <laughs> and like, like this last storm just came by this, uh, I think it was a um, tropical storm when it made it past us, luckily, but um, it still caused enough damage where we had to work for, you know, do overtime. And, you know, we're under, under the heat trying to get shit cleaned up. It wasn't bad, bad, but a lot yeah. of debris and stuff. Like that. And there was a few big ass fucking trees that fell. And I mean, we barely got anything here yeah it's crazy there was a small tornado that came through our uh town like it touched down like for like uh, two seconds and it was just just windy enough to knock over some like big oak trees and like the town had to come by cut them up and there was only like one way out of the driveway you know what i mean so like we're all kind of stranded and um you know, it, it took them like a couple of days because like that thing was so massive, like that you can't just do that with a normal chainsaw, you know? Right. Yeah. You got to have the big boys for that one. <laughs> like the big ass fucking chainsaws and everything yeah, else. So, so I'm yeah. sure like with all the other damage everywhere else, you know, with like all that, you know, like the states only got like a little bit or towns only got like one or two of those things, you know what I mean? So it was like, you're just at the whim of what people have and can do, you know? Yeah. Definitely. We had a, um, they called it a tropical, they called it a hurricane originally, and then a tropical storm come through San Diego. And it was like the most overblown, dramatized thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, <laughs> they had like severe storm warnings for days. And then there was like alerts on your phone saying, don't leave the house and stuff. And it was literally just some rain. Like that was it. <laughs> I, I, I moved here from like Queensland, Australia which is tropical. So like in summer, it gets up to like 96% humidity type thing. Yeah. Um, so mm. we had like rain worse than that on just a normal day. <laughs> and it's like, 
It's like, that's just rain, dude. Like, <laughs> can, Californians freak out when it rains, man. Like, Southern Californians, they just cannot handle it. Yeah, they're not used to having any rain out there, really. You know, it stays pretty fucking dry. So, any kind of rain that comes out there, it's like, oh, no, big storm. But, you know, I'm <laughs> glad y'all just did get the rain because that was a yeah. big-ass fucking hurricane, whatever you want to call it, cyclone thing. Could have been a lot worse. Uh, it's yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's because it, as soon as it gets up far enough up this coast, it's too dry. It's not. It hasn't got anything to like draw from to to keep to, to sustain itself. You know what I mean? Like it's like desert climate down here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Like up here, uh, I'm in uh, Connecticut and like you know New England, and anytime it's like gonna snow, like everybody's like, I gotta go home. I gotta go. I can't drive. I you know I gotta get the milk and bread. I gotta <laughs> go. You know, and like everybody freaks out over like an inch of snow. Like they like shut down like the schools, or there'll be like a two hour delay, and sometimes it doesn't even fucking snow. Mm. That's, that's crazy. That is, yeah. If it snows any down in South Carolina, we all panic because yeah, snows, you so. guys don't have like yeah. snow tires and shit, you know? Like, no. Yeah, like, do you guys have snow plows? Or do you have to borrow uh, them from another state? Yeah, we don't. We I think the SCDOT has uh, snow plows, but like we don't have none on the island. We just salt the roads and stuff and all that kind of stuff. But it never ever gets bad where it's like super iced up ever, you know. <laughs> so yeah. don't really worry about that. Like our winters are shit. So, <laughs> so just jumping back to horror for a second because uh, we got a little sidetrack, which is fine. Our podcast does this constantly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> who are some of the favorite guests you've had on the podcast? Like anyone that stands out to you? Uh, off the top of my head, uh, one of my favorite guests it has to be the great Mick Garris. Um, I, I'm sure you all you know Mick Garris, the master of horror himself. You know, he uh, did wrote Hocus Pocus and uh, The Stand right. and all that stuff. You know, he directed. Right, right. But yeah, having him on there was amazing. And I have a little bit of a funny story with, you know, talking with him or whatever. Um, I usually do, like I said, audio podcasts. I don't usually do video. But um, at the last moment, he wanted to make it a video chat. <laughs> I was like, man, I haven't brushed my hair, my beard, nothing like that. I probably like a wild axe murderer. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, Mick. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> so like face to face talking with Mick Garris and like, holy shit, this is Mick Garris. You know, this is like, he's one of my heroes, you know, what he does. And yeah, it was an experience and it went super great and he's super nice. And we've been in touch ever since pretty much, you know, like via a message and stuff like that's that. I hit him up every once in a while and, you know, him and uh, his producer for his podcast, Postmortem Podcast, uh, Joe Russo, they're like the nicest dudes ever. Really love those guys. Awesome. Anyone else that was like particularly fun to interview? Um, well, one that was kind of out of nowhere for me. I just hit him up on Twitter one day because I've been a fan since I was a kid was uh, Ethan Embry. Are you all familiar with him? uh no i don't think so all right he was a uh, super big back in the like 90s and 2000s and stuff um he's been in the walking dead for multiple seasons uh he's done a bunch of killer movies oh, been... recognize him yeah yeah if you look him up you're gonna know who he is he played rusty in one of the national lampoon i think national lampoon uh vegas vacation or something he was like the rusty in that one and a lot of people know him from that but right. uh, he's been okay. a, in a ton of shit and i've been a fan of his forever and stuff and um I got him on the podcast this year, and um, I thought that was just really cool. Hit me up on, I hit him up on Twitter. He got back to me super fast, and uh, I was like, "Holy shit, I'm interviewing Ethan Embry!" And then I tell people like, "Yeah, hey, I got Ethan Embry on the show." Like, who's that? I'm like, you don't know fucking Ethan Embry. Look it up. You, you know who it is. Just look it up. <laughs> you know, I was who super was, excited about it though. Who was he in the Devil's Candy? 
he was the uh the main the main dude that was playing uh guitar and all that stuff. He had long hair in it. Oh wow, he looks so different. Yeah. He does, yeah. And he's actually a metalhead too. He plays really? bass and he also plays guitar in real life. Yeah. For most of the podcast episode, we we're talking about music. We really didn't touch too much on horror. It was mostly like uh some of his bass stuff that he's doing. Um he was making a uh a tom drum at the time we were talking. He was like making it by hand. Like he's a huge um uh, he's huge into music and a lot of like good metal and all that stuff. He's a big tool fan. Oh, that's awesome. I love finding yeah. out when r- random people are metalheads. I uh I did this, I, I do a podcast. I'm starting doing a podcast for my work. I work for a tech firm. It's going to be mm-hmm. like a tech-based podcast about like uh, innovators in the industry type thing. And uh, I recorded this episode with the CEO of this company. And uh, he turns on his camera and he's got all these amps and guitars behind him with this massive Star Wars wall decal. Nice. And I'm like, oh, you got a lot of guitars and amps. He's like, yeah, I'm actually a, like an old school metalhead. Like I'm a, I, I love like Ronnie James Dio and Black Sabbath and like Iron Maiden and stuff. And that's what I play in my spare time. I'm like, it's just cool. You know, you never expect like CEO of a tech firm to play metal guitar in his spare time. I, I mean, right. like, why wouldn't you? But you just don't think that. No, that's cool. I, I love surprises like that. Like, oh man, that's something we can definitely relate on, you know? That's yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely um, nice. And- I always bond over uh, metal music with uh, the brewer at work. He's always like got some cool Viking stuff going on or whatever. And then like, I'm always like, check out this nutty stuff. And he's like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's fun. It's nice to be able to have that. Cause it's not, I feel like it's kind of far in between sometimes. Yeah. yeah I, think I totally agree with that. <laughs> music, uh, metal and horror. are like two things you can definitely bond over with like a stranger basically. Yeah, and they go together so well. I've, I've mentioned this multiple times on my podcast. Like, if you like metal, there's like a 98% chance you're going to like <laughs> horror. And if you yeah. like horror, there's like at least a 90% chance you're going to like metal. It might not be the metal that I like. It could be some other stuff, but, you know, hey, whatever, you know, whatever you like. But there's still that, that metal and horror connections there, you know? Yeah, definitely. And it's like the same with certain genres of metal and fantasy, like being a fantasy fan and loving like black metal or power metal. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, there's a connection there for sure. Yeah. I'm not a not a big power metal fan myself, really at all. But I do love black metal. So and I do love yeah, uh, black metal. Lord of the Rings goes together great, especially like fucking orcs and all that stuff. You know, like that's totally like black metal shit right there. And yeah, <laughs> definitely. Anything Tolkien basically is is good good black metal content. Oh yeah, yeah, I totally agree with that. And a new trend I've seen, which is kind of cool, is like there's more and more like Elder Scrolls based black metal, which makes total sense. It's like such a good time. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen that. I know my wife is a huge Elder Scrolls online player, and she loves that shit. And I don't. I played Skyrim and VR, and that's about my extent of playing those type of games. I'm more okay. of a first person like or fighter type game, you know. But I didn't know there's a connection between a metal scene and and that. So that's pretty cool. It's pretty fresh. Like I've I've only seen maybe five or six projects, but it's, it's more and more frequent now. Um, the one I haven't seen is like anything Game of Thrones and and black metal. But I'm not sure if that will ever happen, but I think it could if they wanted it to. Yeah, I could definitely see that. I'm surprised we haven't seen anything like that. So it yeah. it probably exists. It's just on some tape somewhere, and that's <laughs> yeah. the only place you're gonna have it. <laughs> yeah, some guy recorded it in his basement, and made like six collectible tapes, hand numbered. Yeah. He's got one for each episode. 
He has no social <laughs> media, no social media presence. Goes by like Valk Lore or something. <laughs> oh, he exists. He's out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, looking back at, I, I guess, like your your review list of some of the stuff you have covered when you did write reviews, um, what are some of your standouts from the last, I guess, I don't know, two or three years? Like, what are some movies you loved? Uh, let's see, from the last two or three years, um, I know. Last year, let's see here. I'm about to go on look at my IMBD list real fast here because I sure. try to keep that updated. Like some of my favorites, was, last year was a really good year for uh, our movies. This year, uh, it was uh, not that great so far. I don't know what's going on, but it's not a very great year for horror yet. We still got some other cool shit that's about to be coming out, hopefully in the near future before the year's up. But um, yeah, let me oh. check my list here. While you, while you check that, um, my my favorite horror so far this year was Talk to Me. Have you seen that one yet? I have not seen Talk to Me. I've had a few friends see it and they didn't like it too much. And I, I trust their judgment, but I do still want to see it myself because we do uh, differ on um, certain things. So I'm hopefully I would dig it. <laughs> I just thought it was a unique take on the whole possession thing because I think the traditional version of that's been horribly overdone. Like the whole yeah, I saw that trailer you sent me, and I was like, "All right, I get that. I think it could be good." Yeah, it's it's if if you even if you don't like it, it's a fresh take. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like Candyman kind of stuff or whatever, you know. Yeah, and sometimes like I'll take different but not the best over great but boring ideas. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the same idea as like you know, being a a great musician doesn't make you a great songwriter. Yeah, right. exactly. But you're right, 2022 was like a stacked year. There was so much that came out last year that was excellent. My uh, favorite of last year is, was uh, Barbarian. Did you see Barbarian? I did. It's on It's on the yeah. list of stuff I told Brendan to check out for this interview. <laughs> yeah, oh, nice. yeah, I didn't have time to actually watch it, but the uh, I watched the trailers. What do you think of the trailer? Well, actually, I, I suggest not checking out any more trailers on that because if it if a certain thing gets given away in one of the trailers, I don't watch trailers too much. It can totally ruin this movie because this one's all about the uh, surprise that happens midway through the film. <laughs> yes, yeah, it yeah. is. Yes, it is. Yeah, I did not see that coming at all because I, I, I don't think I'd even seen the trailer when I saw it. I just heard the reviews and it sounded interesting. Yeah. And it was. I, I loved it. <laughs> I, I think it was my top film of that year it, and stuff. And it was like when that when that <laughs> change happened in that movie, I'm like, oh, fuck, where'd that come from? So fucking cool. I think my top one of 22 was uh, Speak Now. Oh, yeah. Right, 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 right. Oh, oh I was trying to uh, go back to... Did you Did you ever see Speak No Evil? Oh, Speak No Evil? Uh, I did. Yeah, I, I liked it. The ending like sucked. It. Ending ruined it for me. But the there were scenes in that movie that made me more uncomfortable than... <laughs> I had been in a long time. There's just so much like genuinely uncomfortable tension in some parts of that movie. Yeah. Uh, the whole thing with that one, which didn't really, I didn't really get was like, you know, the main, the dude not fighting back. I'm like, come on, do something. And like, he didn't do a fucking thing, man. I'm like, I come know. on, do something. That's the only thing that really got me. I liked this movie. I thought it was yeah. great, but I was like, fuck, do something, dude. Yeah. The ending where he just didn't fight back ruined the, the movie for me. Like if they had like finished that differently, I feel like it could have been like a really great movie. Um, yeah, He could have went on like a Mandy rampage or something, you know, he could have went total Nick cage or something, at least, you know, try dude, but nothing. <laughs> right. Right. Did you see a, a wounded fawn? A 
Wounded Fun, I did. I thought that was pretty good. It was pretty. It's interesting. A psychedelic horror movie. Yeah, that was a definitely a different one. I thought was going to be going into it and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it definitely psychedelic. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, it was. It was a bit of a mind fuck of a movie. The I, I actually like. I've never said this before, but I loved the trailer. Like I mean, the, the credit scene. <laughs> it's just like. Uh, the credits was just him like convulsing on the ground for like the entire duration of the credits. Mm-hmm. I don't think I made it all the credits, so <laughs> I didn't get to see that. I need to, yeah, you know, maybe I have to revisit that. For that. Um, um, what about what about Glorious? Glorious, I, I enjoy Glorious. Is that the one that, um, like the Lovecraftian <laughs> one that takes place in the bathroom, correct? Yep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I enjoyed that. I think that was a uh. Rebecca McKendry film, if I'm not mistaken, who does uh, Colors Out of the Dark podcast and all that oh. good stuff. I think that's who did that one. And yeah, I, I enjoyed that. She's really talented and I, I thought that was fun. Yeah, that was that was different. I like that. i tell you one of my uh, favorite, I guess, yeah, I would throw this in the vampire category because it technically is a vampire film. It came out in the past say five years, maybe now, is uh, Bliss. Have you all seen Bliss? Bliss. Uh, I don't think Mm-mm. so. Let me check. Let me check. Bliss. I don't believe I've seen it, no. Oh, uh, it was on uh, Shudder, and I think right now it's on, uh, you can, it's on Peacock out of all places, which I find bizarre. And it's on Tubi and stuff, so it's out there, easy to find. But uh, okay. Bliss is a really cool, uh, different take on, uh, like, you know, vampire films. And um, it's done by Joe Bigos, and Joe Bigos is a fucking awesome director, writer and stuff. And pretty much anything he does, uh, check out, because he's always pretty good. And he's a metalhead. So okay. in his films, there's always like an awesome metal soundtrack going on in the background. Like with Bliss, it starts off with like a, a club scene. With the main character, she walks in this club or I'm sorry, walks in a bar, not a club. And they got like an electric wizard playing. I'm like, that is so fucking <laughs> badass because you don't really That's hear cool. electric wizard in a lot of movies, you know. So I'm like, all right, right. this is fucking cool. And that kind of caught my attention and went on from there. Nice. Yeah, you really don't see that in a soundtrack very often, huh? No, you don't. And uh, to me, that's a good sign. Like, all right, somebody knows their metal because, you know, it's kind of a deep dive. Not really, but kind of. You know, if you don't know, you don't know. You know, and like yeah. Electric Wizard's not really super mainstream, if mainstream at all. So right. you're not going to stumble across that, like in the database of music for movies or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. not one you're going to find. <laughs> I, I, I actually uh, wanted to ask, uh, what is your favorite uh, horror movie soundtrack? Favorite horror movie soundtrack? Oh, let's see here. And as again, I'm going back to Mandy because uh, Mandy's soundtrack is fucking amazing and stuff. And uh, yeah, that's a hard one to beat. But um, up there with Mandy, I would say like uh, Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight has a great soundtrack. Um, yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen Demon Knight, but Demon Knight has a really badass soundtrack. Um, let's see, other yeah, horror movies have great soundtracks. Um, I guess I would throw the crow in the horror genre because I think it is like it's horror, you know, dark yeah. drama type thing. But the crow soundtrack's fucking really fucking killer. That's one of my favorite all time favorite soundtracks as well. Yeah. Good it's taste great. on that one. I There's love a couple that couple slower tracks on there, but um, it's uh, it's it's so good. I mean, yeah, I still have that on CD. <laughs> For me, it has to be Sinister. I, I love the soundtrack oh, of that movie. Yeah, I forgot about Sinister. Yeah, that's a great fucking soundtrack. If I'm not mistaken, uh, uh, Over, one of the guys yes. from Over helped out on that soundtrack. And I think yes. somebody from Sun was on that soundtrack as well. One of the members of Sun. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah. 
dude, Sinister is a great fucking movie, by the way. Like, and it is. that soundtrack really elevates that, that elevates that film too, because it's fucking dark as hell. It is, especially that uh, all the track that they have, uh, "Silence is a Way to Sing," whatever it's called. Um, mm-hmm. They play it when it, like uh, the cars burning in the garage, and that the, oh, the, yeah. the footage. Yeah, that song's creepy, man. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a freaky track, and it suits it so well. Yeah, super dark, and yes, yeah, a perfect fit for that for that film. Um, one of my good friends there, they just had a uh, podcast episode recently on the uh, on the Necromaniacs podcast. Um, they were talking about Sinister and how good it is, and I think it's a bit overlooked because it was mm-hmm. kind of a mainstream film that just kind of popped up there, you know, in the what mid two thousand, early two thousands, I think. Yeah, and it kind of like, oh, you know, it's just another one of these type films, but it's totally something different. It's really it killer, dark ass film. It is. It's very uh, unsettling. Some of the content in that, the soundtrack's great, acting's good, uh, storyline's good. It's, it's a good movie. It is, and um, there's also like, why, like, why is the house so goddamn dark? You know, yeah, that? like that's <laughs> something else so creepy about it. It's like nightmare logic almost because usually in some of my nightmares, like my house would be super dark, even though if I turn on this light or that is still fucking dark and that's how sinister was like there's no lights in this house like it just adds so much like nasty nightmare shit to it to me you know yeah yeah and there was like so much going on between the different factors like it was like a psychological thriller there was actual psych uh supernatural stuff and then there was just like family violence it was it was a lot it was good yeah yeah the second one not so good No, <laughs> no, you can totally like skip past that second one. It was yeah. fucking horrible. There <laughs> <laughs> didn't need to be a second one. No, less is more. Bagul, like Bagul, was a fucking awesome, like uh, you know, uh, antagonist or whatever in um in Sinister. But like in, right. the, in the second Sinister, like oh, they made it really about Bagul and seeing him like in all these different scenes, it really ruined the whole like mystery of Bagul. He's cooler off in the background, you know. That's my 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 uh, opinion with horror in general. I always prefer the less is more take. Like the less you see the monster, the scarier the monster is. Like you use it effectively. Um, my wife really wanted to see none two last night, and I knew going into it was going to suck. I'll be honest. Um, yeah, and it, it did not disappoint. Um, it's like the the nun has like way too much screen time. It's like not even scary by that point when you just see it constantly. Oh, that, yeah, that sucks. And I want to support that film. You to it. What's that? It desensitizes you to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, that's why the movies like Alien and Predator and all that stuff are so good because it's like the tension waiting for the thing to appear because you've seen glimpses of it, but you don't know what it looks like completely. Like, I mean, every yeah. horror is different depending on the genre, but if it's something with like a demon or something, less is more, in my opinion. I agree with that 100%. And with The Nun, man, I wanted to like The Nun a lot. And, you know, the first one has its moments here or there. It's, you know, for what it is, because um, I've had Bonnie Aarons who plays a nun on my podcast before, and she is so fucking nice and just really, oh. a really cool ass person. And I, I support what she does. So in that aspect, I support the nun. And, you know, even if I don't dig it, but I still think yeah. it's cool because she's, you know, I mean, I, and I even told her like one of her scariest uh, moments ever for me. And one of the scariest moments out of any like movie, TV show, whatever was her uh, like brief, uh, maybe 10 second scene in a uh, Mulholland drive. She plays like the uh, I guess you would call it a homeless person, kind of like a demon to me, but it's this homeless person. Yeah, that scene outside the restaurant. I'm like, I even told her, I was like, that's some of the scariest shit ever. I remember that was that. a I weird movie. I gotta rewatch that again. Yeah, oh, you watch that. Yeah, there's a scene like they're talking in the uh, like a Turn diner, 
and they're like, you know, what if this happens or, you know, what if something just pops out of nowhere and it's like, it's right there. And then they go to leave out the diner and it's like, it's a 10 second scene. It happens super fast. You blink your eye, it's gone. But it's one okay. of the scariest scenes ever in any, any movie. And it even got rated that on like top 100 scariest moments off of a, the shutter special they had about that. It was on there. So I thought that was cool. Okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll clarify like, what I mean about the nun, because I don't want to like share it completely, because especially because you had it on your podcast, but uh, it felt halfway between like a horror movie and an action movie. Like mm. um, the amount of like action in it was like disproportionate to what you should have in a horror. So it was like every other scene had something happening. Um, and then there was like this whole storyline that kind of felt a little bit like national treasure-ish, um, yeah. which felt really <laughs> out of place. Yeah, um, right. like this quest they go on to find relics and stuff and they have to solve riddles and stuff i'm like this doesn't feel like the conjuring universe in any way to me but some people will probably love it i just personally did not vibe with it i enjoyed the nun better in the uh what was it a conjuring 2 or something i don't know which conjuring yes. movie it was when conjuring she was like two. when it was valak yeah valak is you know being in the yes. background like that that was way creepier than the nun movies i, I thought that exactly. was super effective yeah because they used it effectively because it wasn't like in your face. It was subtle and it had tension building to it, which is yes. why it was good. Totally. And that, that also too, what you're saying, like being, having horror in the background, like your, your main villain or whatever, being like around, but not there. Uh, same goes for like the original, uh, it the miniseries from, yes. uh, you know, the early one, the, the good mm -hmm. one, like less was more like Pennywise was only in like those, in, like screen time was only like maybe 20 minutes total out the whole fucking miniseries but right like just knowing his presence was there made it that, that much more terrifying right it's like whenever there's a horror movie like very few have done this well but when horror movies actually choose to physically manifest a demon and show them instead of having them as this like uh mysterious force a lot of the time it ruins it for me um i, I like like a lot of the time that like demons are unseen i think that makes them way scarier yeah, it totally does. It makes them a lot more menacing, too, because, you know, the ever presence of, you know, the evils lurking around in every it's shadow, dread, you know, you know, yeah, the dread. Like, yeah. 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 And also it leaves up to your imagination of what they would look like if you did see them. Right. Have you all seen uh, on, on the topics of demons? Have you all seen a dark song song? Uh, does it dark that song. Doesn't sound familiar. Oh, man. To me, this is one of the best like. uh I guess, uh, satanic horror films, demon horror films that come out in the past, like 20 years. It's called a dark song. And, um, if I am not mistaken, this is also streaming right now on shutter because it kind of okay. re-upped everything again. So it was on there. Now it's back. It was off there. Now it's back on there, but a dark song is fucking killer. I should definitely check that out. Okay. I'll definitely check that out. It looks good. It's got good reviews. Um, yeah, it's what, really good. I don't know if you saw the series, but Netflix did this really bizarre series called, uh, it's like brand new cherry flavor or something. Oh yeah, brand new cherry. Yes, yeah. I also yeah. love that what, what, series. Yeah, yeah. What, you liked it? I was going to ask what your thoughts were on that one. Oh, I fucking loved it. It's from the creators of one of my all-time favorite TV series. I was on Sci-Fi for a bit, and I think Shutter picked it up. It was uh, called Channel Zero. I love Channel Zero. It's the same people they did Channel Zero. Then after that was over, I think four seasons of that they did oh, really? uh, brand new cherry flavor. Cool. So huh. that would explain the weirdness of it because it was fucking bizarre, man. I mean, you got a, a lady or, or witch, whatever she was in that, throwing up cats. How bizarre yeah. was that, right? Like, what the yep. fuck? And then she like, gets, like, the torso vagina. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Channel Zero was great though. I remember the first season. First season was the tooth monster thing, right? Right. And the second so season was Yeah, Candle Cove with the children's show that like summoned mm-hmm. the tooth monster. And then the second season was um the house, the haunted house that you couldn't like you came back out and it was a different reality, right? Yeah. Man, it's so fucking bizarre. But like all four seasons are so good and so different, you know. And uh man. I haven't really seen a TV series like that since that's really hit me like that. You know, it's like, this is so fucking dark and cerebral, you know? I think I've only seen the first two seasons. I don't think I've seen three and four. Oh, we uh, also on Shudder right now. I, this is like a big giant ad for Shudder. But, so they need to send us some uh, Halloween boxes. This year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, some merchandise. Dude, I've been plugging <laughs> Shudders for like, for like the past four years or whatever. So I've been doing the website and podcasting and stuff like I'm waiting on my yeah. Halloween box, man. I, I see everybody get those every year on Twitter. Oh, my shutter box came in. I'm like, oh, cool. I guess I'm not getting another one this year. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> What's your uh, your your favorite uh, Halloween decoration that you do at your house? <laughs> uh, well, we usually keep stuff up all year. Uh, right Hell now, yeah. we have like a zombie mutated rat. I live in a townhouse, so I have a neighbor pretty close to me. She's horrible. Um, so it's awesome to have my big zombie rat outside sitting on the porch. She hates that, and her little dogs hate it too. Poor little <laughs> dogs, nothing on them. I wish I could rescue them, but um, I keep that up. And I also have a uh, uh, gargoyle door knocker that stays on my door. Uh, my aunt gave it to me like many, many, many years ago. I have that, and you know, pretty much any Halloween day, it all stays up all year. So it's hard to say. We have a giant bat we do hang every Halloween on the porch. It's like a big uh, four foot bat, and we hang it from the top of the little awning that hangs down there. <laughs> Nice. And the neighbor really fucking hates that, dude. Like, yeah, when the wind gets a hold that bad, he's flying around on the porch and shit, and then she fucking hates that. So that's probably my favorite decoration. And we got that from, like, Michael's years ago. And it's oh, yeah. fucking, it's pretty evil looking, especially coming from, like, Michael's, you know? But they do have some pretty cool shit during Halloween time. And, uh, yeah. So Michael's goes hard different. for Halloween. They do. They do. Yeah. You got to catch them early, though. That's the thing, man. Because if you go there in, in October, they already got Christmas shit out. You got to go there, like, now. You know? Yeah, yeah. At Costco and Walmart actually have some like some decent, massively large stuff as well. It's not like super expensive, but Michael's is the coolest, like uh, evil looking shit. I've been seeing uh, that Home Depot, and I think I think uh, Spirit or whatever, but I think the Home Depot one's better. They have a uh, fucking life size Leatherface animatronic Leatherface for like three hundred bucks, which is a fucking steal, man. I want it bad. Yeah, huh? Yeah, it's probably high. sold out by now. As we say, it's probably sold out but yeah there's yeah. one there there's one at spirit the one at spirit's like 340 uh home depot's like 300 bucks i'm gonna see right now if you can buy it online i'm just care. i'm not gonna buy yeah. it i'm just curious i like uh my kids love halloween stuff so like we always oh, do yeah. like spider web like that cotton spider web stuff everywhere we like throw things in it and like they love doing that kind of stuff there you go spirit halloween six foot leather face pretty pretty woman mask animatronic 349 uh ships available yeah that Damn. is a steal right there i'm telling you because i've seen shit in spirit before like um you know like maybe a like a head or something or some body parts go for like fucking four hundred dollars i'm like why is this so expensive or like a chucky doll going for like 400 but i can get a life-size oh. leather face animatronic man that's a fucking steal lowe's has it for uh 279 
Oh, they went down. That one was 300. I guess it went down in price a little bit. That's even better. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a different, looks like a, it's a different one to the Spirit Halloween one. When the, that one, he's, yeah. somebody's in wearing a suit. <laughs> yeah. He, he's got like, like the old school um, leather face yeah. kind of look. Um, He wore a suit in a, I'm going to say a Texas Chainsaw 2, I think. Oh, did he? If I'm not mistaken, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken I'm pretty sure he had a suit on in there. At least a couple, yeah. The first one he had his like a butcher outfit on, but pretty sure the second one had a suit on. Right. Okay. I can't even remember that. The um the one from Lowe's has the butcher outfit, which is the one I'm used to seeing. Yeah, that's the, like the original um leatherface outfit. Both are really cool, but uh, that two seventy nine does sound pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, the spirit of Halloween also has a six six foot five. Uh, remember that movie Mars Attacks? Yes. Uh, six foot five Mars attacks animatronic alien in the full outfit with like the flamethrower. Oh shit! That's like my wife's favorite, like one of her favorite movies is uh, Mars Attacks. <laughs> That'd fun, be cool. It's a really really fun movie. It is underrated too. Yeah. People don't really talk about that much, but I loved that movie growing up. <laughs> yeah, same what you, here. Uh, what do you uh, usually dress up for Halloween as? Uh, I I don't really dress up as much as I used to back in the day. Last time I did dress up was probably about like uh, maybe four or five years ago. And I I won a a Halloween contest at a friend's house. I dressed up as a werewolf, which is really easy for me to pull off. All I did was like put a fucking, uh, uh, I guess you would call it a cow and painted it on my face and stuff. Just give me like a different look for a nose. And I threw some teeth in. I mean, I'm all right. I already got long hair and a beard and stuff. I already kind of look like a werewolf sort of, you know, so (laughs) I was like, I got to do too much with that. And I, I won the contest with that, but uh, I don't. I I always have like ambitions, like oh, I'm gonna dress up like this this year or buy this mask. And I never really do it, you know, unfortunately. But um, this year we're going to uh, Spooky Empire, I believe, down in Orlando, and they get, it's like a huge three day fucking horror convention with everybody there. Uh, Robert England's gonna be there, Candyman's gonna be there. I mean, you name it, they're oh. there. And oh, yeah. So. Uh, you know, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna dress up for this either. But I, you know, at least I'll be around people all dressed up in like cool, like you know, outfits and shit, and like Halloween stuff. So that'd be cool. When you go to stuff like that, do you kind of like network with all these people and be like, "Hey, I have a podcast. Do you want to come on it sometime when you meet them?" Or is it I like- really don't do convention stuff, man. I haven't had okay. the time really in the past couple of years, especially when I was in a band full time. That that was about like uh, sixteen years, you know, doing that. Like I didn't have time for you know going out those type of things because you know touring and stuff like that so right uh now i do have time and this is kind of like my first big convention so you know nice. it seems like i would have been to a bunch of them but i don't and i also like i'm not a big fan of crowds you know uh, I've been being around a lot of people so if i'm not performing or something it's kind of weird for me so you know it took a lot but you know doing this i think it's gonna be really fun awesome enjoy yeah. that sounds cool yeah we're oh, looking yeah. forward to it That'd be um, great. Brendan... Um, but I... oh, sorry, go sorry. No, no, you're fine. Oh, I was saying, yeah, yeah. I mean, if the opportunity does come up, I want to try to uh, connect with some people. But I'm not going to be like pushing it or anything like that. You know, if it just comes yeah. naturally, like, hey, check this out, I do that because I pushed a lot of like music on people over the years and stuff. So I'm like, hey, you know, if it's natural, it comes naturally. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Organic. Yeah. Yes. I, sa- I save my spamming for the internet, which I'm very aggressive <laughs> on there with the podcast. <laughs> there you go <laughs> you have to be though with like yeah. uh, you, I, I always say like if you don't back you no one's gonna back you you know what i mean you gotta you gotta push what you're doing yeah nobody loves what you're doing as much as what you know you or you know it doesn't put as much what 
time and whatever project you're working as much as you do. Like, nobody else is going to care about it as much as you do. So you got to really fucking throw it all out there, you know? Right. Yep. I do um, it. Brent, I do it when I go to shows. I'm like tossing out stickers, talking to people, talking to the bands, you know? Yep. I've done all that with um, my band. Um, we did it. Man, shit, we used to do like this guerrilla marketing technique way back in the day before like Facebook and stuff, I guess. Uh, go around throwing like ads in magazines and stores, dude. So when you open up a metal magazine, an ad for a band <laughs> would pop out of there. <laughs> Highly illegal now, I'm sure. But, oh, dude. That's yeah. Awesome. We did some shit back in the day. That's hilarious. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about your band or your project? We haven't actually spoken yeah. about that much yet. Yeah. Um, my former band uh, was a trip into mechanism. We're not active anymore. That was my metal band. Uh, we're like a black and sludge band or something. There's so many different genres people used to throw us. And uh, the biggest compliment I ever heard was like, we're like the black metal Melvins. So if nice. you dig black metal and you like the Melvins, I think you like what we did. So I played guitar and did vocals with that band for at least 16 years wow. and um, did multiple U.S. tours and stuff and put out, I think, four or five records. So that was really fun. And now I am doing something totally opposite, of that. something I've been wanting to do for a long time. I just never went forward with it. I'm doing a uh, like a dark ambient synth project that does contain guitars on the newer shit I'm working on. Like the first album that's out right now called Dark Mouse, which is on like all the... Uh, all the music services, Bandcamp, Spotify, uh, YouTube, all that stuff. Uh, that's mostly all keyboards, you know, synths and everything like that. But uh, I am working on some stuff as we speak that has some guitar shit in there, kind of droney sound and stuff, you know? Nice. Like really nasty, heavy, or shit. And that's what I've been working on for the past. I've been doing a practice horn for like three years now. And uh, where can people listen to that if they want to check it out? It's on Spotify. It's uh, Apple Music. Uh, on YouTube, music, Bandcamp, wherever there's music, a practice horn is on there. <laughs> Thanks to DistroKid. Oh, yeah. DistroKid is amazing. I was able to get up on everything with that. Super easy. Yeah, that they're a game changer for a lot of people. Makes it really easy. It does. Uh, I'm like, man, like back in the day when we put when we were putting out music as the band, I was like a lot more effort we went into like trying to get shit out there. But now we're like like DistroKid, it took me like maybe 30 minutes to get all the shit out there. <laughs> I was like, that's right. pretty great, you know. <laughs> And it's not even that expensive. For what it is, it's not expensive. No, no, not for what the, what what's offered and stuff. You know, it's, it's nothing. So, but um, Abraxas Horn came about from uh, like I said before, about my my love of Mandy, like in the soundtrack, and also like David Lynch too, like David Lynch films. I'm a big fan of Twin Peaks, and um, I love the music in Twin Peaks, and the soundtrack's amazing and stuff, and uh, all those kind of things combined, and they kind of inspire and me doing a Braxis horn so that's awesome just a quick correlation i also noticed we we're talking earlier about like if you like metal you like horror type thing if you like metal there's a really high chance you like uh david lynch i've noticed most oh yeah most, yeah. most metalheads and i love basically everything he's done yeah i mean i throw david lynch in a horror genre man he's like on a different part of the horror genre but he's definitely mm -hmm. horror he's on like the uh kind of nightmare logic aspect of horror movies and stuff you know he is total True. nightmare nightmare stuff so yeah that's true actually yeah good point um, one of my favorite films of all time from um anybody david lynch it's a david lynch film it's a uh, lost highway have you ever seen that one yeah huh. that was a wild I one way back in the day yeah that's one of my all-time favorite movies yeah 
yeah. dark as fuck. Great, also a great soundtrack. I, I should have mentioned that when we we're talking about soundtracks. The Lost Highway soundtrack mm. is really fucking good. Yeah, that so, uh, Nine Inch Nails on it and shit. Yeah, and they had a uh, Ramstein, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, yeah, I think that Marilyn was, the, the, was on uh, there. Nine Inch Nails. I don't know if they actually made the song for the movie or what, but they it was that song "Perfect Drug," right? Yeah, I think it was actually made for the movie. If I'm not mistaken, I'm not 100% sure on that, but I think it was. Maybe. I have to do some research on that one. So don't yeah, I might that. be making that up. <laughs> it sounds legit. Yeah, I, I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've added it to my list as well. I've got a couple of movies to watch after this, this conversation. Yeah, um, that was a weird... It was like a slow burner, right? What's that? The... Um, oh, God. The... Um, Lost Highway. Lost Highway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say the perfect drug again, but no. Um, yeah, it's like a slower kind of like what yeah. the fuck is going yeah. on here. It's like a slow descent into hell, man. That's how I look at it. Like it, nothing about that film is normal. It, it, I, the best time to watch is like late at night, no lights are on, you know, when you're kind of tired and your brain's kind of like all over the place, you know. Throw this yeah. on and throw your phone on like somewhere else, no distractions, and just like let it sink in because this is it is total nightmare logic. It's amazing, awesome. <laughs> and I really want to watch it. Um, uh, Brendan, I know we're coming up on time. Do you want to ask some of those questions you love to ask before we run out? Oh, uh, yeah, we got a couple. Um, <clears throat> well, I guess we kind of answered one of them. I was gonna ask you what your, your favorite slow burn movie was if it. Could be Lost Highway. I don't know. Maybe not. Um, we're going slow burn. It's probably going to be. Uh, I think it is going to be Lost Highway. Off the top of my head, right now, you know, without oh, yeah. like delving in there, I think it probably would be Lost Highway. Um, what about your favorite uh, jump scare? Uh, jump scare. You know what? This might. Well, yeah, I'll go with this one here. There's probably a few other ones too, but off the top of my head, I'm gonna go with fucking Insidious because I think the jump scares that were done in Insidious were very tasteful and um, mm-hmm. effective. You know, the yeah. First one that like, you mean the first movie, right? The original. Yeah, the first Insidious. Yes. Yep. First okay. Movie. That's great. That's a good movie. The first first time I watched it, it was like two in the morning. Oh, again, like having that tired brain, like really lends to these type of films. You know, so like the jump scares were super effective in this, and this like you know, atmosphere in cities was really good too. I thought great PG thirteen horror. Oh yeah. Um. What about your favorite um horror comedy? Uh, horror comedy. Let's see. I'm not a big horror comedy guy, but if I had to pick one off the top of my head, I would consider this a horror comedy. Probably be uh, Evil Dead Two. All right. Like, Hell yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of yeah. That's there's a lot of comedy in that, so I would consider that a horror comedy. Yeah. Uh, and also, too, I would throw uh, what we do in Shadows in there too. The movie. Yes. Great Represent New Zealand. Yeah, great, and I love the TV show as well. So me, yeah, me too. <laughs> it's amazing. And then um, I asked kind of my last one here would be uh, what was your the first horror movie that you watched? And then that was like the one that got you into what you're doing now. All right. The first horror movie I ever watched that I, you know, can remember was probably back when I was like four or five years old. My uh, aunt had me watch Hellraiser. (laughs) So uh, I'm pretty sure after, you know, watching Hellraiser kind of set me on my path to loving horror. And also being afraid of horror, especially as a kid after watching Hellraiser and stuff, because it really did a mind fuck on me. But I think it set me on my journey of like really loving the genre as my favorite genre of film. So that's a lot for a kid to take in at that age. It is. 
<laughs> it is like yeah man. i remember watching that uh uh nightmare on elm street you know and the nightmare on elm street tv show which is really fucking weird and great i'm yeah. watching that it's like a little teeny kid like yeah these films like most like adults weren't watching this shit back then you know but i'm fucking sitting there watching hellraiser like four years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember watching as a kid um i think it was um one of the jason movies and um there was a scene when they were at camp and like one of the dudes like killed one of the people with like an axe mm-hmm. and like it showed like his like arm or something chopped off on his top of his body and i was just like as a kid i was just like i'm uh not watching that again <laughs> like i'm out <laughs> The first horror movie yeah, I remember watching as a kid that scared that scared me was uh have you ever seen that movie Critters? Oh Critters, hell yeah. I love Critters. Yeah, I was like five when I saw Critters and that that did scare me as a kid. Yeah, I mean they're ferocious little furballs, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. <laughs> the part where they no, go there's... like up that cl- the clown's leg at that party and then like mm-hmm. uh all the blood just pulls out. <laughs> yeah. I just that as a like a five year old that scared me. <laughs> I guess you yeah, would call that film like a kinder, uh, a kinder trauma film, like because it's kind of aimed at you know kids for the most part. You know, back then we had a different like our PG ratings back in whenever that came out were a lot different than we're now. So that was kind of aimed at kids, sort of. So it was like their gateway really? to horror. Yeah, but definitely uh, wasn't. I think it was rated PG, if I'm not mistaken. It could have been PG thirteen, but no, I don't think it was rated R. So you know, that could, you could watch that one with your family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's kind of mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, Brendan, carry on. I just uh... no, no, you're good, you're good. Um, and then my last one would be: What's your favorite horror genre? Like, what's your you're gonna sit down and just go for it? Oh, let me see. That's that's gonna be a hard one. I I love uh like creature features, man. Like I love like creature horror, but we don't really get a lot of that nowadays. So um, I really like uh this like satanic uh horror genre that one's really cool to me um if i had to pick a favorite it's hard to say what what's my favorite genre horror you know like if you were to classify what mandy is i couldn't really tell you what the hell that was you know <laughs> and what genre horror it is it's, it's hard to say it's like a yeah. cult maybe i do love a cult horror that's a big thing so maybe like satanic and cult horror that's some of my favorites and any kind of like uh like creature or monster type genre movie if we have like a cool werewolf or something like that that's definitely up my alley so hell yeah well (laughs) i have two questions for you and they're both going to put you on the spot a little bit um we only normally do one but this is a bit of a different interview because it involves uh cinema um -hmm. so if you were stranded on a desert island and you could only have let me think how to phrase this (laughs) solar powered dvd player Mm -hmm. and three dvds (laughs) Yeah, a projector. Yeah, whatever. However you want to view it, something that's solar powered to watch on, but only three movies you could watch until you got rescued over and over and over again. What would they be? You said DVDs, right? No Blu-rays. It could be Blu-ray. Yeah, it's okay, fine. So whatever. You... Blu-ray, Blu-ray player slash DVD player. All right, first one, obvious, Mandy. Uh, okay, yes. Also, the original Exorcist. Good call. And uh, I'm going to throw one out there. One of my favorite vampire movies of all time, from Dust Till Dawn. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, nice that's choice. a good one, man. I always forget about that. I always felt like that was like an action movie, not like a horror movie, you know? Well, the first half of it's like a fucking action slash like kind of gangster type movie. Then it goes all the hell after that. Like the second half is all fucking, yeah, 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 fucking yeah. horror, man, and nasty vampire awesomeness. So 
That was and a great movie. The second part of the question is same question, but with music. You had three CDs you could listen to. What would they be? All right, let's see. Uh, it's going to be. Uh, I only know half of this is going to be metal, but uh, we're going to see here. Let me let me see something real quick. Make sure I get the right names right on this. Uh, Drab, Ma- Drab Majesty is one of my favorite bands. They're not metal nice. at all, but they're fucking awesome. So I would say uh, it would be uh, the demonstration by Drab Majesty. Nice. Be the first one. And then we're going to go uh, over here to one of my other favorite bands here. It's going to be uh, probably going to say Our Raw Heart from Yob. Nice. Big fan of Yob. Right and then, uh, yeah, I love that band too. Then we're going old school to the early 2000s with uh, White Pony by the Deftones. Nice. nice. Interesting yeah. spread. That's, I like it. That is a great Yeah, spread. I want to do something different. I wasn't going death metal or nothing or black metal. I'm like, all right, let's throw some shit I really like out here that's yeah. kind of offbeat a little bit, you know? Yeah. So. White Pony's great. I'll probably end up listening to that later today now. <laughs> yeah. yeah I love White Pony. Just released a new album, I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah, it was, it was like an EP. My only... um thing i didn't like about it was it needed to be longer that's the only complaint oh. like it's so fucking good i want more of it and uh two of the songs on there are instrumentals where he's playing like a uh i think a, a 12 string or something weird like that on there and it's oh. all instrumental but man it's fucking great but they don't they do no wrong in my book they're a really cool <laughs> band they're from la actually yes and a lot of shit they sing about is all, all like cult stuff like uh, uh what's the name of that cult that drank all the Kool-Aid and waited oh, for yeah, yeah, shit yeah. to come by again. I can't remember the fucking name of that cult. Something but... Tarians. Um, yeah. Yes. Unitarians? Yeah. I think it might have been Unitarians. Let's just see. Cult. People's Temple Movement. There you no, go. That's Jane. That's Jane. No, that's no? Jonestown. Oh, never mind. Huh. Yeah, Kool-Aid's Comet. I think it's like the Unitarians. Comet cult. Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate, okay, yeah, a lot of stuff's focused around like that, and just like cult shit in general. So there's a lot of really dark undertones going on with them. That's cool. Yeah, LA's got a really cool goth and industrial scene. It's like massive. I noticed that like a lot of bands I like come from that that way, and and the and the cool like gothy industrial type shit is making a comeback once again. There's a lot of really good bands in that genre, like the dark synth stuff, you know, like. A lot of cool Dark, shit out there right now. Darkwave, Darkwave's back. Yeah, absolutely. yeah, it's it's awesome. I love it. I love that stuff. Um, and I throw that stuff on on the way to work. If it's it's dark outside when I'm going to work, I'm like throwing on some dark wave. It's just it's nice and relaxing. <laughs> you know, it's like oh, it's good. There's some really cool like uh, retro wave and synth wave stuff as well. That's like very vibey. That I like, um, but there's uh, have you heard of a dude from San Diego called Author and Punisher? Oh hell yeah! I got to see him live. Holy Me shit! Too. Yeah, how yeah, great is he? So dude. good. Yeah, yeah. I, I live in San Diego, so he's like a local dude, but he doesn't play here much. Like I took, I'd been here for three years before I saw him. Oh, um, wow! But uh, for, you know, he's an engineer and builds his own equipment. Yep, yep. I saw a documentary on. It was like a short documentary about his stuff. I made yeah, a ask myself at, at at when I saw him live because one of his T-shirts, I swore it was a chud on the design there. I was like, oh, cool, man. Is that a chud on your shirt? And I think he's like, man, fuck you, dude. This is not a chud. You know, I thought it was. I wasn't trying to be an ass. I was like, oh, cool. I like the chud shirt there. I was like, oh, not a chud. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt like a real dumbass, but. <laughs> that that last album he did, the Corella, was phenomenal. Yeah. yeah I, was, I was listening to that last week, actually, revisiting that one. It's so fucking good. It is. I also really liked the previous one, uh, Beastland. That had that um, that one track. What was it called Nile Strength? 
Oh yeah, yeah, that's a good yeah, one to work out too. That, yeah, that's a <laughs> freaking great song. Yeah. Um, so last question, because I meant to ask you this and I forgot, is uh, have you seen the trailer for Exorcist Believer? I have seen part of the trailer, and what I've seen, I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm not digging what I'm seeing at all, man. I, I don't know. It, As, yes, it's I, a good thing that you're doing another Exorcist for like the younger generation of people who can get into the Exorcist. I think that part's really cool, but from what I'm seeing there, for like older fans of you know the Exorcist and everything, does not look appealing to me. <laughs> but I mean, hey, I mean, it could change my mind when it comes out. I don't know. I'm going into it it's extremely cautiously. I don't want to be optimistic at all because I know I'm going to get let down. But I am going to see it at the movies um, yeah. because I never got to see like the original one at the movies when it first came out. It'd be cool to see like, you know, this generation's exorcist. But, um, you know, it's a two part. That's the first of two movies. Yeah, I thought it was going to be three. Is it supposed to be a trilogy? I, I, think, I think they dropped it down to two. Oh, OK. OK. It was Believer and then the next one's Deceiver. Yeah. I, I, I'm, like I said, I'm gonna give him a chance you know i just i'm not going yeah. in like you said with high hopes no I, I i saw things in the trailer that made me optimistic but i saw other things that made me like uh i don't know so i, I don't know i'm gonna see it and i'm gonna go with an open mind i'm, I'm really hopeful because the first exorcist is in like my top five horrors ever i, I love that movie the first one and the third one uh, they're almost tied for me as being two of my favorite horror movies of all time are you all familiar really with the third the third one's so fucking good second one was pretty average yeah, I did not like the second one. I, I skipped past all that. I don't even consider that like canon with everything. <laughs> like yeah. it's really, really bad. Um they the director fucking hated it. And yeah, he really, really hated it. Um um he was on the podcast with uh where it was an older podcast that uh Mick Garris posted recently and stuff. And uh Okay. Yeah, he hates hates his that second movie. <laughs> but interesting. Also on the topic of exorcist, if y'all haven't seen the TV show that came out on Fox, like 10 or 15 years ago the first season of the exorcist tv show was fucking great it was it that long ago i think I so like, uh, there, i watched it it was, it was really good it was two seasons right yeah i don't think the second season was that great i think the first one would really sold it for me it came and out they canceled in, it it was in 2016 okay so what how many years is that? it's getting close to 10 uh, i don't know yeah, it's almost 10. yeah it's yeah. uh no I, that, the first season was excellent that was very good i really liked that yeah and I really like that dude who played the old priest, Ben Daniels. He's awesome. I love that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a great actor. Yeah, I haven't seen him in nothing recently, man. He was in a lot of stuff back during that he, time. but He is in something at the moment. Uh, he's in that Apple TV sci-fi series called uh, The Foundation. Oh, he's in The Foundation. I haven't watched that. I've heard good things about it. I really liked it. It's, the, it's a series based on the Asimov books. Mm-hmm. Um, it's He's in season two. So if you watch the first season, like, where is he? You won't see him. But he's in the second season. Okay, that's cool. I didn't know that. And I've heard good things, like I said, about th- that series there. So maybe I need to check that out. Yeah, the series is really uh, like there's parts of it you're probably going to love and parts of it you'll find annoying. I mean, that's how I am at least. Like the, there's like overarching storyline is phenomenal, really, really good. And then certain like aspects of because it covers a couple of different characters throughout the universe type thing. And it's right. set over the span of like a thousand years or something like that. It's like hundreds and hundreds yeah. of years. Um, mm-hmm. And then some some of the characters are like a little obnoxious, but other ones are like phenomenal. So you just, you know, you'll find what you like and what you don't like about it. Most people I know feel the same way who've seen it. Okay, I'll keep that in mind. I put that on my list of things I need to check out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we are over time, but that's totally fine. Uh, we wanted to just say thank you so much for coming on the show and, and chatting with us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. 
Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you all for having me on here. This has been super fun. Really yeah, really it. good chat. I'm really happy to do this again sometime if you want as well. Another episode sometime down the line. Yeah, just hit me up and stuff. It'd be a, a, more, it'd be a pleasure. So. Right. And then uh, if everyone listening at home, thank you so much. And uh, tune in next time. We'll have another guest for you.